Hi there. Welcome to The Preventable, the podcast giving you a seat at the table with conversations about the intersection of alcohol, drugs, and mental health in everyday lives. Take a seat and join us. Welcome back to The Preventable. So with me today, I have an illustrious guest. Some might even say maybe the most important guest that we've had so far. Why? Because without him, I probably wouldn't even be sitting in this chair. Um, But all kidding aside, I have with me today Jim. And uh, Jim, thank you for coming to The Preventable. I I appreciate you. Thanks, Nicole. I appreciate you as well. Great to be here. So Jim used to be a board member and then board chair of PreventEd. And that's how we came to know each other. And for better or worse, you led the search committee getting me in in this role. Uh, thank you. You're by welcome. The way. And it was for better. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. But you've been involved in the field of recovery and substance use prevention, intervention, treatment and recovery for a long time. And I believe you have been in long-term recovery for quite a long time. Is that correct, sir? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Um, first off, again, thanks for having me here. You're uh, welcome. Delighted to talk about anything that has to do with Prevent Ed and uh, my new project that we'll get into a little bit later. Yes, we will. Um, I moved to St. Louis in 1984. I'm from upstate New York originally. And in 1988, got to my... Uh, first recovery meeting. And uh, when I got to that meeting, I found some wonderful people who were doing wonderful things. Uh, And I am, as you mentioned, a person in long-term recovery since January of 1991 and uh, celebrated 30 years this this year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really grateful for the people who have gotten me there. So, yeah. How does does it feel? I mean, does it feel like your life has been kind of divided into chapters? Does it feel like we had somebody on a couple of episodes ago who said that, you know, their past, they, they kind of wanted to just be an asterisk, uh, you know, at the end of, of their book. For well, you, is, is your book divided into lots of different parts? Yeah, lots of parts, not just before and after recovery. Absolutely. But uh, recovery has created for me a life that I could only have imagined before I found this way of life. And uh, um, as I said, I've been here, I've been in uh, uh, long-term recovery since 1991, and uh, my life is so abundant and so full based upon not just the people that I know, but who I get to be in the world as a result of uh, being in long-term recovery. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, When I first came into recovery, it was, um, I stuck my toe in. And I didn't jump all the way in and didn't do the things that I needed to do. And relapse was a part of my story. And correct me if I'm wrong. It's a part of a lot of people's stories. It is. We call it remission or reoccurrence. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. But it often is. Correct. It often is. But uh, it's not a sign of failure. It is certainly not a sign of failure. Uh, I use the example of if... Uh, someone is suffering from cancer or some other disease. That's right. And uh, we have a recurrence a year or two years down the road. Um, it doesn't mean they're not trying. doesn't mean they're not doing what they need to do. Um, right. And it's the same thing with this disease of substance use disorder. Um, 
But what I did was kicking around for a few years and not really getting involved. And uh, what's frankly saved my life was getting to a place called the Lindell Club mm. in the Central West End. Which and- has a storied history. Like you, you walk into the building and it's like it – it like screams like cool things have happened here. Like, and there's they have. a lot of history. Here. There's a lot of history, both uh, infamous and uh, <laughs> let's just say other ways of describing right, it. Right, right. It like reeks of history, it or does. maybe cigarette smoke. I'm not sure. Well, but... the paint jobs have helped that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, what happened there was a Monday night. Um, I walked into the club and had never been there before mm-hmm. and walked upstairs and found a bunch of guys who were enjoying themselves, who were loving life, who were messing with each other, who were just being guys, having a great time. And there were 75 or 80 of them in the room. Whoa. And... The interesting part for me was as soon as somebody started to talk about what was keeping them up at night, the things that scared them about life, the huge decisions they had to make in their lives, it got so quiet you could hear a pin drop. And these were all men? These were all men, yes. Which is a huge deal for a group of 75 to 80 men to talk about their feelings. Indeed, indeed. And to let out the stuff that – that you just don't talk about the Cardinals and the Blues in that same right. frame. Right, But what was special about this group was not just because of what was going on there. It was uh, what happened outside. Um, it was uh, the guys got together before the meetings. The guy got, guys, uh, we had dinner afterwards uh, in the restaurants around the Central West End. And even more importantly... Uh, it became a group of guys who had fun in recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't lame. Well, it wasn't lame and it wasn't boring. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. Because the challenge was is that a lot of us are involved in a lot of life. Um, I was an athlete growing up, uh, still liked to play things and sports when I was uh, uh, in my 30s and early 40s. And these guys all had little groups that some, there were fishermen, there were hunters. I wasn't a part of those guys, but there were guys that played golf. There were guys that played tennis. Mm -hmm. There were guys that did a whole lot of different things. And we had potlucks and we had house parties and Christmas parties. It was a community. It was a community. Uh, We'd rent a suite at the Blues games. We had, I remember one poor, one time we went to the uh, Cardinal game we bought a bunch of tickets and we're sitting in the outfield and we literally gave the beer man, uh, we each gave him a big tip because he wasn't going to sell any beer in that <laughs> stand that night. Uh, but it gave us a place to have fun. And I've got some friends now. One guy, <clears throat> excuse me, a friend of mine, Chuck, says, I need a higher power and I need people. Because the reality is as if a relationship with a divinity or a higher power or whatever was enough, religion could do this. You know, mm. churches could do this. Interesting. And for some people it probably does. But I know for me and so many people like me, um, I also needed people. You're a people guy. I am. Well, and most of us are. Most of us are. We're, we're human we're, beings. Right. So I'm wondering, 
you when you talk about recovery and the community that you were part of, I mean, I don't know if if you feel it, but like a change comes over you and you kind of you belong, you belong. And you and but you also when you talk about it, you kind of wax poetic and it you get a little misty eyed thinking about this community. I'm wondering if you feel and this this is not a to, to be a leading question at all. Do you feel like that community has changed with COVID and technology and different methods of recovery? Do you feel like the essence of what you had can still be found? Has it changed? Yes, absolutely. I dare say anybody that says anything that hasn't changed in the past 18 months hasn't been paying attention. Right. Um, yeah, Zoom has gone, uh, most meetings have gone to Zoom. Mm -hmm. And uh, frankly, about a little over a year ago, uh, one of my friends was having a real tough time and said, uh, I need to be around people. And that night, 10 of us showed up in his backyard. He wasn't doing well at all, but 10 of us showed up. And the next thing you know, we said, this is okay. Let's keep doing this. Now, remember a year ago, we were under yeah. uh, group mandates and you couldn't have more than 10 people. Correct. Well, we were... Outside, mm -hmm. we were uh, we stayed out through the winter. Yep. We uh, bought little heaters and <laughs> sat out in parks and found some places to go. Because and the people. It's all about the people. It's all about seeing skin on. It's all about people and the interaction with those relationships. So another thing that happened during COVID, besides just the world like imploding, was you retired. I did. You were in the. Kind of automotive consulting. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Automotive consulting. I was going to say business development, kind of like going into to auto repair places and car dealers and saying, like, we can do better. Well, we worked with the manufacturers. Okay. We had clients. We, our, Sorry. The dealers weren't as happy with us as the manufacturers I were. see, I see. Yeah, I we see. were the eyes and ears of the manufacturers. Okay. Yeah. But you decided that it was time for you to be done. Yes, I did. But yeah. because you're you, Jim. You couldn't be done. And so you decided to really lean into this idea of community and people and draw on what you live and breathe, which is long-term recovery and community. And so now you have this, like, new gig, and it's uh, stlrecoveryfun.com. Yeah, it's so exciting. You it's love so it. much fun. You're, like, obsessed with it. And it, I mean I that am. in the best way. I am, I am. Is it just because... You get to play pickleball all the time? Well, there's a lot of that. And <laughs> okay, getting right. people to play as well. But yes. what I found was for about the last couple of years, um, I've been trying to imagine what's next. Uh -huh. And, you know, COVID, you know, as I like to say, put miracle Grow on everybody's transition ideas and transition programs. Word and up. That's true. My service is what lights me up. It always has, uh, and, and it continues to. And uh, so last, uh, well, it was December of 2019, a friend of mine went down to Atlanta, uh, north of Atlanta, and started a recovery community organization, an RCO. Mm -hmm. And he went down, I guess, about this time, two years ago. 
In December, I had some time available, and I wanted to see what he was doing, and I went down and saw Bill and listened more about what he was doing. Because you're a curious person. Well, I became intrigued Mm -hmm. by it. It was really neat. Mm -hmm. And uh, frankly, NCADA, Prevent Ed, is very similar to what an RCO is, in my view. Uh, It's a community outreach. And the other thing is, is my wife, Nancy, uh, was executive director of Delta Center for Independent Living, so there's a model within the state of Missouri for independent living, RCOs, that she type of thing. She is definitely your better half. By oh, the way. I married up. Yes, yes you I did. did marry up. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Um, but what intrigued me was uh, I started hearing about peer support. I started hearing about uh, certified peer specialists, and I had time in October. I wasn't doing a lot, and I got the 40 hours and certification and passed it and all that good stuff. And I'm thinking this is kind of nice. Well, Mm -hmm. the way my brain works is I start researching a little bit and one blue line on the internet leads to another blue line. And at the time, uh, our son and his wife were in Denver and I've got loads of friends in in Colorado and uh, uh, came upon something called the Phoenix. Uh, the Phoenix.org is an organization that was started by a guy by the name of Scott Stroud, who was uh, an addict and found that for the first time in his life, he was sober and clean, climbing mountains, rock climbing, riding bikes, doing things with people in recovery. And uh, I loved the concept and looked at their website, and they are everywhere but in St. Louis. <laughs> Hmm. They have two beautiful facilities, one in Boston. They started the first one in Denver. The second one's in Boston. And I thought, we need to be here. So if you'll imagine back November, December of last year, uh, not many people were in offices answering phones. Right. I I guess it was in December I finally got a hold of some people and uh, started to talk about Phoenix and how could we bring it here to St. Louis. So a very dear friend of mine, GV, uh, put a website together for me. Uh, We wrote some pieces. Um, I took the first two classes, uh, Phoenix 101, and uh, they have a branding course, which is all about why it's fun, enthusiastic, all that good stuff, safe, uh, accessible. Um, And it's wonderful. It's a wonderful program. And your goal is to to get... The Phoenix here? Yes, long term. Long Short term. term is to give people in recovery uh, a place to meet people, a place to enjoy themselves, uh, a place to get that their life's not over when they get sober. So if people go to stlrecoveryfund.com, they can sign up to be on this, a on, mailing a, on a mailing list yes. to find out about all of these fun things that are happening exactly. around town. That just so happened to not be pub crawls. Bingo. Right? And it's pickleball, which I joke about because you love pickleball. I but do. it's hiking and. We've got hikes, we've got pickleball, we've got. Uh, it's basically peer led. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's got a few people that want to get together and do a hike, uh, yoga studios, we're absolutely welcoming yoga studios. Phoenix itself is very aligned with CrossFit. Oh, right. Uh, the so boxes. In most, yep. uh, in most, there's only the two 
facilities of Phoenix. They're in 22 markets around the United States. Those are all virtual markets, which means oh. that they use CrossFit studios, they use fit yoga studios. Uh, the woman who I did my initial training with was out of Tampa, and she does stand-up paddleboard. Oh, so cool. So it's a wonderful opportunity to, to get outside and play. So it's not necessarily place-based, but you're trying to bring the concept of Phoenix and and if it if there is a place mazel but you're not that that doesn't have to be your end goal but you're trying to basically show people in St. Louis that you can have a really good time sober being clean and sober exactly. absolutely and it's not just for people uh in recovery totally. we like to say that it's for allies as well yes so uh families are welcome um We've got 399 people who just don't want to drink. Some people that they just don't want to drink. We've got 399 people on the mailing list now. If you sign up now, you could be number 400. Whoa! Yeah, Uh, there is no surprise or prize. Sound like Ron Popeil? Yeah, there you go. You just dated yourself. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) But it is. It's really about uh, showing that the St. Louis community, recovery community, will support something like this because. Phoenix right now is on a big growth plan. Mm-hmm. They have, um, they're building one in Wichita. They're building one in Missoula. They're building one in one in Milwaukee, one in Chicago, Detroit, and then in New York. And it's typically family foundations oh. who have a uh, history of drug and alcohol abuse or is supportive of uh, the cause. Who fund these these facilities? Well, and I would argue that St. Louis is the as a is a prime market for this. I mean, especially with all of the breweries that we have in our backyard, the Sands Bar. We had Annie on to talk about Sands Bar a few episodes ago, and you know, the Sands Bar event that we had here was the largest event to date. People are are hungry or thirsty for it. Um, but then also, I mean, if you if you stop and think about the history of the Lindell Club, just to bring it full circle, I mean, that is an institution, not just in St. Louis, but in in the recovery community. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, maybe it's just my bias, but I think there is not a better um, landscape for the Phoenix and for having fun without drinking than St. Louis. When you look at statistics, every market could use one. Uh, and yes. the reality is that uh, it struck me because we weren't even on the radar screen. Mm. So again, my goal is to create, short term is to create an opportunity for people to have fun. You're building community, recovery. having fun without exactly. drinking. Yep. And uh, uh, that's the first thing. And if we can demonstrate that we'll support it, uh, there are people in this town that will support something like this. We've and had the always, conversation. And you're always looking for people who want to lead fun activities. Indeed. Right? And so they would fi- they would access you through STLrecoveryfun.com. Um, my contact details are all on there. Um, you know, one of the other things that kicked me to get going on this was uh, some of the statistics that come out. People who go to their first meetings of whatever sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, have about a three to five percent chance of being clean and sober five years from now. If they went today, five years from this day, really, between three and five percent would still be clean and sober. Um, 
there's a program for doctors and airline pilots and yep. those guys that uh, has about an 80 percent. The research on that is just well, and it's all about structure and support oh, and community. And, it's incredible. Well, people talk about well, they have a whole lot more to lose. Well, there's nobody walking into their first recovery meeting doesn't who doesn't have, have a lot to mm-hmm. lose. That's exactly right. So. Uh, my story is, is if we can take that three to five percent and make it ten, we're saving lives. There you go. Which is what it's all and about. And what you're talking about is no cost. No, never like, a cost. Never a cost. Never a cost. It is you. You want community. You want connection. You want camaraderie. Show up. The only requirement for membership is 48 hours clean time. So uh, I love that. Joke. Everybody's welcome. I love that. If you want to find out more about stlrecoveryfund.com, more about Phoenix, more about recovery, um, consider subscribing, liking. We love reviews. Those are always great. Uh, thank you so much, Jim, for joining today. I now really appreciate welcome, you. Thanks so much for having me here. And thank you for putting me here. I'll give you I'll give you credit. You're welcome. Thank Great you. strategic decision. Very good. Very you're maybe your best yet. Yeah, that and marrying go. Nancy. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Bye-bye. Bye now. Thanks for joining us at The Preventable, brought to you ad-free by Prevent Ed. Prevent Ed works to reduce or prevent the harms of alcohol and other drug use through education, intervention, and advocacy. Please visit their website at prevented.org. Like what you heard? Rate, review, and subscribe to stay up to date with what we are serving on The Preventable.